couple weeks ago, we started a um, series called Declaring War on Unbelief. And it was just about the power of your declarations when you come into agreement with God. Okay? And uh, declarations are basically, they're not, they're not a petition. They're not asking. You're, you're declaring. Jesus says, you know, he, he's given us authority. And then when you put his words in your mouth, stuff happens. <laughs> his kingdom is released because his word does not return void. It accomplishes everything it's sent to do. And so when you put his words in your mouth, you release the kingdom. All right. Now, the timetable of when we see it manifest is sometimes different, especially in America, where it's like, I just said it, so why, where's it at? You know? And so part of what, declare, what declarations do is it helps transform the way you believe. All right. So we're going to kind of get into this a little bit more. I had to use this slide again because I'm so proud of it. But uh, I, had a, I had a dream uh, two or three years ago when I was driving down a country road way out in the woods. There's no street lights or anything like that. And then all of a sudden I was, went around a corner and there's a billboard. And on this billboard it had this word decree. And I just drove back past the billboard and was like, decree. And then that was the end of the dream. All right, God keeps it simple for me. He knows that like Travis can't deal with all the symbolism in <laughs> normal dreams. I'm just going to make it real obvious. And so, uh, I mean, it's really, I mean, my dreams are like very simple. <laughs> Um, so decree. And so I, I woke up and I went through a season where I was decreeing promises of God over my life, asking God, what do you want me to de declare? Like what, in this season, what are you wanting me to agree with you with? Because you could spend 24 hours declaring the promises of God, you know? So it's like, what is he highlighting? Where's the fire at? So I did that for a season and then you know, I kind of let that slide a little bit. And in my times with the Lord, what I, I, I worship, I listen, and uh, pray in tongues and I decree. Those are, you know, Bob Johnson was talking about this, you have anchors for your soul. Those are, those are my anchors. I, gotta, I have to listen to the Lord. I'm not a big, like, petition guy. I don't have, like, uh, like a big prayer list and that kind of thing. Because that just doesn't, I don't connect with that very well. But I have to listen. I have to pray in tongues. I have to declare. And I have to worship. And usually my worship looks like yelling in my car. And so uh, that's just, the, it kind of, I have to like, there's something on the inside that only yelling can like relieve it. You know, I got to, I got to do some of that in the car. Um. And so declarations, you know, this is, you know, the, the Word of Faith uh, movement was really actually on to something when they, they, they are proponents of declarations, but they just went way off the, off the map with it and kind of took it out of 
what God really had, had intended. And so I'm thankful because they actually kind of brought this teaching to the forefront about the power of declarations and, and what the Bible says about it, even though there is some, you know, abuses in it and that kind of thing. But uh, so there's, I want to talk about the biblical reasons for declarations, right? How many of y'all like to know it's in the Bible or God supports it? That's me, all right? So um, I don't like just making things up because I'm going to get judged more strictly than you guys, all right? I know what I'm talking about, all right? So <laughs> if we're going to make declarations a staple tool in our faith walk, then we need to have the confidence that they're supported by the Bible. So declarations are not a magic spell, all right? Some people kind of think that's like, I declare in the name of Jesus. You know, and it's, that's not it. That's not it. What declarations do is actually get you to believe. That's faith is the currency of heaven. And so this is a tool to destroy unbelief. That's what declarations do. But also there is spirit on your words. Okay? In Ezekiel 37, God told Ezekiel, speak to the ruach. Ruach is a Hebrew word for wind or breath. He says, speak to the ruach to come from the four directions of the earth and to breathe life on the bones. And, and so when you, part of uh, what your words do is that they actually carry spirit on them. It can be good or bad. So just even break it down like this. Your wind goes over your vocal cords to create words. Ruach goes over your vocal cords to create words. And so that's why Proverbs says power, I mean, life and death are in the power of the tongue. All right? And, and so how, can, how many of you know that I could say, Matt, don't, don't do that, and have one spirit on that, and I can say the exact same thing, Matt, don't do that, and have another spirit on it, all right, because of the intentions of the heart. And, uh, and so your, your, words carry, your words carry power that's fueled by what what's the motive is in your heart. So declarations are not a magic spell, but are intended to help us believe the promises of God which propels us into transformation because Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So even part of what declarations do is as you're hearing the promises of God, Father, I overflow in the joy of the Lord. So as I speak that out, I'm hearing myself speak it and it's increasing my faith because I'm just hearing the word of God. Does that make sense? All right. I've been telling you, I've been, you know, poking fun at myself, but one of my declarations has been, God, my wisdom illumines me and causes my stern face to beam. That's in Ecclesiastes. All right. So, I mean, I, I hear that. And it doesn't, you know, I'm not necessarily counting on I have a stern face, if you haven't figured that out yet, but uh, I'm not counting on God to necessarily give me a, a smiley face all the time, but I am counting on glory to come off my face. Where people are like, you know, it may not, it may manifest. I may have a cloud of 
light glory over me, but at least in the spirit, people can tell something different. It's like, wow, you, you know something I don't? I don't know something, I know somebody. His name is Jesus. Come on. Let God use you. So life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right? So the tongue has power to release life wherever we go. If we believe Proverbs 18.21, we will speak on purpose to others and to ourselves. If you believe that, you will be intentional with your words. Okay? The Bible talks about Jesus in Matthew says that our idle words will actually be judged. And so Jesus is saying, be intentional with your words. Realize that, I mean, they have power. What are you saying to others and what are you saying to yourself? Okay? Is that, does it have life on it? Does it have God on it? Life and strength are accelerated through our declarations that are come into agreement with God and his word. Second, declarations frame our future. So Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So God created things out of his word. There was nothing, remember? In Genesis, there was the void formless and God spoke, let there be light. Boom. Okay? Our words influence the spirit realm, which in turn influence the natural realm. What's going on in the spirit realm is actually the real deal. You know, there's Ephesians talks about powers, demonic forces, uh, forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And God's in Ephesians three says that the wisdom of God makes a spectacle. The manifold wisdom of God makes a spectacle of those powers. And so there's stuff going on in the spirit realm that will manifest in the natural. Okay, so it's very important to be aware of that. How many of y'all have ever walked into a house, a room, whatever it may be, and you're like, man, it feels, it feels heavy in here. Raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand. If you've ever walked into a house or a room, you're like, woo, I like it in here. This feels good. Raise your hand. How many of you walked into a hotel room? You're like, we got some cleaning to do in the spirit. Raise your hand. <laughs> All right. Anything that I... I purchase like a, a vehicle, a house, whatever, I cleanse that baby. We, get, we, we bought the Yukon a, a year ago. I didn't know who was driving that thing beforehand. I'm like, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over our GMC Yukon and I bless it to be a good vehicle and to, to serve the gay family well. And I just command any unclean spirits, you got to leave right now. This is my vehicle. You don't belong here anymore. All right. I don't, it didn't feel bad when I got it, but I'm praying cleansing prayers anyways. All right. So you got to gotta be aware there's a lot more going on than what meets the eye. 
So declarations provide building material for which God to shape the house of our destiny. I'm going to read that again. Declarations provide building material for which God to shape the house of our destiny. What do you want to build within you and through you? Declare it. What can God say yes to? What can you declare that God will say yes to? Is he going to say yes to more peace being in your life? Is he going to say yes to prospering you just as your soul prospers? Can he say yes to having good plans for your life? Uh, plans for a hope in the future? Yes, 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 yes. You, so you get what I'm, I'm saying. It's all legal. It's all been purchased. Three words propel us to experience all that Jesus won for us. In Matthew 12, Jesus said, but I say to you, this is what I was talking about earlier, for every outer word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So he's not talking about salvation. He's not saying your God's salvation, saving you from death and hell, is dependent upon the words that you speak in your daily life. What he's saying is, are the words you're speaking drawing you into unbelief or, or believing? Declarations, are, they either restrict, restrict or bless our lives, and words in agreement with God's purposes will propel us into abundant life, Jesus promised us. Jesus said, when I return to the earth, is, he said, well, I find lots of prayer. Man, I think that's going to be happening. Well, I find people performing signs and wonders. I mean, that's going to be happening. He said, I'm looking for faith when I return. I'm just looking for people who believe me. He responded to Gentiles when they believed him. It didn't matter if they're Jews, Gentiles. Whoever believed, would it, Jesus would respond. So grace is imparted when we hear life-giving declarations. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So you can actually impart grace to people. You know, I've got a, uh, a friend who... Well, I'll tell this story about Steve Fish because this, this is a good one. He had a, a friend send, send him a, uh, a letter. Wait, back up. Getting the story reversed. So he sent a friend a letter wishing him happy birthday, and he said, hey, you need to write a book one day. Five years later, he gets a book in the mail, and it says, Steve, thank you for encouraging me to write a book. And it was on the Elijah list and all this kind of stuff, getting promoted. And Steve had, I mean, he probably, he forgot about what he had said that day. He's like, I had to try, you know, try to remember what I'd even said to him. But he just, what he said, hey, I, you're going to write a book one day. It imparted the grace for, for that guy to believe that he could do it. And imparted that grace to be released for him to do that in his life. So your words impart grace to others, others people. So grace is God's ability, the empowerment to do his will. Grace, you know, some people define it as unmerited favor. I like to say it's God's ability. You know, so may the, at the end of uh, 2 Corinthians, it says, may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And so 
you can read that. May the love of God, may the ability of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Because Jesus gives you the ability to obey his Father like he obeyed. So God imparts grace to us through his words. When speaking in agreement with God, we too can impart grace through our words to others and to ourselves. You can impart grace to yourselves. That's good news. You, you're surrounded by naysayers. You're just like, well, I'm just going to impart some grace to myself. You get in the mirror, you're a world changer, buddy. Declarations are a way to overcome anxiety and be glad. How many of y'all like to be glad? Right here. So anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So we, we can speak a good word to ourselves to help change our emotions. You can influence your emotions. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7 says, it tells us that thanksgiving is the antidote to anxiety. So thanksgiving is a type of declaration that declares with gratitude that God is working in the situations that concern us. This is actually the, probably the way I declare the most. I just think of all the things I'm looking to God to influence, to come and impact in my life. So I'm driving or I'm just spending time with the Lord. I'm like, Father, I thank you that my children will be set on fire through the Holy Ghost. I thank you that my children will love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, that, they, that you're giving them a heart to worship you. Father, I thank you that they are world changers, Father, that, do, that they will not fear man, but they will fear God only. I thank you, Father. So I'm thanking him as if I'm already receiving it, as if I'm already, it's already manifesting. Okay? Now, right now, my kids, they're like jumping on the trampoline almost more than anything else, you know? But it's like... But there's going to come a day <laughs> they're like, Jesus, here I am. Send me. You know, I'm going to be a proud papa. That's all. That's, that's my dream. That's my vision for my life. Lord, I want my kids to love you. <laughs> like, radically love you. I'm good after that. All right. Declarations unlock destinies. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. I love this. I love Gideon's story. Gideon's nation-delivering mantle was unlocked when the angel made a declaration over him about his true identity. Gideon had a difficult time believing it at first, but eventually he did. Okay? He did. Gideon, oh, Gideon came around. So by calling ourselves what we are before we are, we unlock the future of great possibilities. You got to call yourself what you are before it's manifested. What does God say about you? It doesn't matter if it's you're currently experiencing it because God takes from the void and creates. He doesn't take from like, listen, Kyle, you've got, I need you to be a mighty warrior so I can call you one. He, that's, not, that's not God. God's got the power. He's the one that creates the mighty warriors. He is the mighty warrior. 
And so that's why he even looked at Gideon. He's like, Gideon, I, man, you're the, the weakest in your, your family. Your tribe is the least. Your dad's the occultic priest. You're in a wine press, hiding. You're a warrior. You are, man, you're the mightiest man I've ever laid eyes on. What happened to Gideon? And then God will probably do this. He'll probably send you into that which you're afraid of to get a, another prophetic word. Because Gideon was like, all right, God, I'll, uh, I'm game. You know, I've, I'm convinced I've put out two fleeces. You know, I had you suspended natural law to confirm it to me. All right, I'm going to go with the next step. You know, dwindled his army of 40,000 down to, or 20,000 down to 300 men. And then the Lord's like, I got a prophetic word for you. But you got to go into the enemy's camp to get it. And so he sneaks into the enemy's camp and just happens to come by the tent where a guy had a dream about a loaf of barley coming down a hill. See, Lord doesn't give me those dreams because he knows I I can't interpret that. You know, so it's like, it's a loaf of barley. The guy wakes up and he's like, man, dude, I just had this crazy dream. A loaf of barley was rolling down the hill. And his roommate was like, dude, that's the sword of Gideon. How do you get that? I don't know, you know. Breaks all the rules of dream interpretation. And so, uh, dude, that's the sword of Gideon. Gideon's outside the tent. And he's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, he's, that what happened. He heard the word of the Lord. He's like, we are going to win. And then he became, and even later after that, after that initial victory, they continued to have victories. The centurion understood the power of declaration. He, so the centurion's talking to Jesus, and he said, Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And I say to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So the centurion wasn't beseeching Jesus to heal his servant. He wasn't begging. He was was just like, you say it, it will happen. He believed. He believed. And it's one of those it's one of like the two or three times where it says Jesus was amazed. Your faith, did you know your faith can amaze Jesus? That you have the ability to like, for Jesus to be like, huh, <laughs> I like that. And just, yeah, you know, Jesus, I can just see him as like, that is, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Yeah. Dude, it's done. And the centurion's like, you don't even have to come to my house. You, he recognized the authority on Jesus' life. He's like, I'm, a, I'm authority over men. This dude's authority over nature. He's over 
the physical realm. He's over the spiritual realm. This dude, like, there's something about him. So, mountains move for those who believe they can have what they declare. Now, I want you, you've, you've heard this scripture many, many times, but I don't know if I just recently caught this, and so I want you to catch this with me. Matthew, uh, Mark 11, verse 23 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, and he will have whatever he says. How many of you have read that most of your lives? And it says, For surely I say to you, whoever believes this mountain will be removed. It will be cast into the sea. We skip the says part. At some point, you got to point to the mountain and be like, be moved. At some point, you have to point to the mountain and tell it to move. Okay? And so it's the power, it's the power of your words. Jesus is not saying whoever believes the mountain will move. And we'll see it done. He's saying you have to believe it and you say it. And so that's the power of the declaration. Jesus is just affirming that. Declarations help us call those things that are not as though they are. Romans 4.17, this is talking about Abraham. It says, as, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That is a declaration. I'm calling it forth right now into existence as, as if it's already here right in front of me. That's what Abraham did. And it says that he's, he's the father of, of the faith. He is uh, the father of, of Righteousness, we're called sons of Abraham just because he is the, the primary and lead example of faith until Jesus gets on the scene. But we still recognize Abraham as preparing the way. God's method of bringing life to dead places, people, nations, gifts, and calls is for someone to say they are alive when they still look dead. That's the whole purpose behind prophecy. Calling the gold out. Jeremiah 15, 19. He's, God tells Jeremiah, he says, you can be my spokesman. If you extract the precious from the worthless, you can be my spokesman. So you have to see with a different set of eyes. You have to see what does God want to do with this? You're not, we're not swayed by what we're seeing. We're swayed by what God says. That is faith. That's believing. And not having the emotion attached you're not going to have, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're not always going to have the emotion of being full of faith. God didn't ask you to have that. He asked you, he asked you just to believe. He asked you to declare it and that your, your mind will be transformed by the things that you believe. You know, there's, there's lies that, a lot, that we have that are default ways of thinking. You know, it may be just like, you know what, I, I'm just, uh, I'm not going to have much impact on the world around me. I'm a follower. 
You're, you're a follower of Jesus. But you don't, you, don't have to be, you don't have to have a position. You don't have to have a title to lead. And, the, and you don't have to even tell people what to do to lead. You lead by sh- shining forth the leader of the nations, the Jesus. When, when you're shining Jesus, people will be like, I want what you have. That's leading people. Leading them to Jesus. So it's not about title. It's not about your gifts and all that. You're, you're not, Jesus has called you to be a, a city on a hill and a light. So somebody, you know, that may be a lie that you think I'm a follower. I'm not going to have much impact. No, you just start saying I'm a leader because the leader lives in me. Some of you may believe that you feel like a slave. You feel like God's a harsh taskmaster. And you, you, you're like, you, you feel like all God wants out of you is obedience. You feel like it's your job to love God first, and then he loves you. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says he first loved you, therefore you love him. And so part of your confession needs to be, I'm no longer a slave, I'm a son. God first loved me. God loves me with an everlasting love. There's nothing I can do to be separated from his love. Now, what's, I'm thinking of some of my declarations that I personally are praying through. I'll bring them, knock them out. A few of them. So I've got hope increases in my life when I believe the truth. Another declaration. I eat God's word, and it's the joy and delight of my heart. I hunger for God's voice. I am humble and poor in spirit. I overflow with the joy of the Lord. I make good decisions that propel me into my destiny. I'm a wise and competent leader. I have a radical yes to God. I regularly have extravagant love encounters with Jesus. I easily get drunk in the spirit. My family and I live under supernatural protection. My prophetic acts shift circumstances. The unsaved constantly experience miracles through me. I think long-term, I visualize the end, and I see victory. I'm getting pumped up reading it. I mean, I'm just like, come on. I have an incredible ability to inspire others to walk in perseverance. Even when it seems that others do not believe in me, I know God believes in me. I have an incredible ability to lead a world-impacting organization. My children and family are blessed and favored. My children know their identity in Christ and walk in the passions and giftings God has placed in them. You know, so even when I talk about leading a world-impacting organization, it's not that we got headlines or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we have a film crew go to Guatemala and bring light to a need. Doesn't, I don't, we don't have to have headlines to impact the world. Okay? So God's method, he brings life to dead places by saying they're alive when they look dead. And so the essence of faith is to believe before we see. That's the very essence of faith, to believe before you see anything. Otherwise, it's not faith, right? Faith is to believe before you see. 
Declarations help us stay grounded in the truth. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And other translations say you will have wisdom. I like wisdom. But that word meditate means to speak it forth. So he's saying, Joshua, take this book of the law, speak it forth day and night, that you, can, that you may observe it. And it's going to prosper you and give you wisdom, give you, give you success. So as we declare biblical realities, our beliefs will become more deeply rooted in them. So that's a good thing about declarations. It's actually grounding you in the word of God. The worlds were created with a declaration. So the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So as we agree with God, we partner with him in releasing his kingdom on the earth. All right, so what I want us to do is the awakening has core values that we have declarations for. How many of y'all have been on the website? You've gone to your core values, and then you've also, there's a tab for declarations. Uh, you know, it's okay if you haven't, and we're not going to get stoned or anything, but we, we have declarations up there, okay, because that's how we get the core values in them. Core values create culture. Culture creates influence. So we want, it's not a, and the values that we have are not, I don't even call them awakening values, they're just like kingdom values. It's what the Bible talks about. And so we want kingdom culture to be spread in the earth. We're not about uh, just having great and fun ideas that sound great. We want to have influence. We want to impact people. We want to impact organizations, nations, regions. Okay? And like I said, it doesn't have to come with headlines. If it does, that's fine. If it doesn't, that's fine. But we want to impact the world. And this is, uh, the, the awakening is a sending out place. It's a place where we send people into the harvest strategically. Whether it's, you, you are a missionary, you're, you're doing evangelism work in, in a third world country, or you're a media missionary, or you're, you're a, a benefactor, who knows? But it's, or you're creating businesses in other countries, sustainable ways for people to make a living, whatever it may be. So what I want us to do is uh, I want us to stand up. So we're going to declare these. These are our core values put into de declarations. And so um, we're going to just read them together. There's three pages of these. But as you do, you're going to feel. I mean, I was, I was just reading these the other day and I was like, this is good. This is good. Like, because it's God, you know, this is not, like I said, we didn't like just, we didn't make these up. Like, hmm. We're like, let's go to the word of God and see what God likes <laughs> and like agree with it, you know, so. All right, starting with number one. I encounter God so I can be an encounter for others. 
I walk in integrity in all things and am faithful with the small things. What I have is God's and what God has is mine. I experience my father's heart through the joy of giving. I humble myself and regard others better than myself. I fellowship with Holy Spirit and obey his leadership. I love God and the extravagant love he has given me. I walk in the creative wisdom of God that displays the glory of God. I walk in the light that I may have fellowship with others. I believe the best and always have hope. I do not let circumstances dictate my commitment to God and my relationships. I am a powerful person who empowers others to be powerful. I call people up to live in the fullness of Christ. I rejoice in others' victories. I live a life of faith and risk and expect God to do the impossible. The unsaved encounter the love and power of God through me. My God wins. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you guys to start to make a list of your own declarations. You don't have to have, just start off with a, just a few, like three, or, three to five. Don't overwhelm yourself. <laughs> just start off with like three or five declarations that are agreeing with what God has said is available for you. You know, in First Peter, it says that we are partakers of the divine nature through the promises of God. So that blows my mind because when you believe the promises of God, you actually, your nature is transformed into that of Jesus. Like you're, the fruit of the Spirit comes forth in your life when you believe the promises. Isn't that crazy? You ever thought about being transformed that way? When I believe the promises, I'm going to become more like Jesus? Now, normally, as, you know, normally we're just thinking of uh, you know, renewing our mind, trying to not think bad thoughts. But renewing your mind is like, no, just think good thoughts and like declare the good things. It's not trying to shoo things away. It's filling it up with the good stuff. And so you are, you're, you're transformed in the, in the likeness of Jesus through the promises. So that's your homework. Three to five declarations that God is just really, ask God what, you want, what he wants you to declare of your life. There's been times I had one night, I woke up in the middle of the night, which usually doesn't happen. I'm usually dead to the world. And, uh, and so God woke me up. I was wide awake. And I sat down on the couch and he said, declare that door that doors open. And I said, well, what, what doors do you want me to open or want to be open? So he just gave me like 10 things. I started declaring those and like I'm, it's, one of them is happening right now in my life. And so I'm just saying that one of the things about uh, these declarations is that it's, look at it again, you, it's not this, it's meant to make you believe. It's a tool to help you believe and be transformed because you will be transformed when you believe the promises. That's what Romans 12 is talking about, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you're demolishing strongholds. And you think about this. Think about the people after you. Think about you're creating a highway for your children. 
You're creating a highway for your grandchildren. And your family is going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory because of what you've done. By a simple decision, to be, I'm going to believe what Jesus said. You know, um, I see uh, Laura Villalobos is, is here, but Fernando, I think, is in Bolivia. Fernando, the first time I ever heard Fernando speak, he says, all we need to do is believe. And it was like I'd never heard that sermon before. It was because when Fernando says it, it's, it's like, you, you know, it's fresh revelation all the time. And so it's like, I was like, yeah, we just need to believe. Come on, guys, we just need to believe. You know, and so it's really that simple. We just need to believe. And the declaration is what helps us. So, Father, I pray just for grace. Speak to us, Lord, about what you want us to agree with in this season of our lives, Lord. There's different things for different people. Just bring wisdom and revelation about that. Bring clarity and understanding. And, Father, I thank you for, Father, I just declare transformation happening in this room. Father, I declare that we are all becoming more like Jesus because of your great and precious promises. You are amazing, Father. You are so good to us. You have provided everything that we need. Lord, you've done it all. It's finished. We just believe. So, Lord, we pray. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. And Lord, give us the grace to just sometimes make choices of cold-blooded obedience. We're not swayed by our emotions. We're not swayed by circumstances. We're swayed by the Word of God. We're swayed by the Holy Spirit. Let us be like that, Father. In Jesus' name.